Today is Friday, March 24th, 2023. Hunter Biden had a mole inside of the FBI. The FBI was working for Hunter Biden. They were tipping him off on the investigations that they were going to do against him. This is insanity, ladies and gentlemen. Alvin Bragg is in total and complete retreat as the Trump case implodes in his face. Attorney for Donald Trump, Alina Haba also joins the show to talk about that implosion. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a one heck of a week. We are very glad that it's Friday. Thank God that it is Friday. Although we oftentimes come in during the weekend, we are pretty much grinding 24 hours a day for you on this program. We want to deliver to you the news, and we also view what we do here as a major counterbalance to the corporate press narrative. We'll cover that today on the show, how impossible it is to get real news when people are working in harmony, hand in glove with the elites that they are trying to cover. They can kill a story. They'll just black out everything. And so it's important to build an infrastructure around a free economy and free information. And that is why our cell phone service matters so very much to us. And that is why we use Patriot Mobile. Americans have had it. They're done supporting companies that rake in hundreds of millions and billions of dollars while trashing the country that allows them to be successful. Patriot Mobile is not one of those companies. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. It offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you can get the best possible service in your area. Plus, they offer a coverage guarantee. If you're not happy with it, you can switch. All this plus the knowledge that you're supporting a free speech, sanctity of life, Second Amendment supporting military first responder based company. They love this country, and that is why we use Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Benny. Or call them right now, 878-PATRIOT, and make the switch. Get free activation today with the offer code Benning. So getting a free pass is something that Hunter Biden got from the FBI. The FBI has had Hunter Biden's laptop since 2018. Curious how they haven't done any investigations onto that laptop. Curious how Matt Gates asked, hey, you've had the laptop. Do you know where it is? He asked this to the FBI's cybersecurity director, and he had no idea where the hell the laptop was. Well, now we know why. Because the FBI was working directly for the Biden crime syndicate. The FBI was actually working for the Biden. This sounds like third world stuff. This sounds like stuff out of a bad comic book. This sounds like stuff out of a James Bond novel, right? Where a guy named One Eye is a double agent inside of the government to help the corrupt elites uh, in, in, in their sick deviancies. But it's true. This is real, ladies and gentlemen. Hunter Biden used FBI mole named One Eye to tip him off to China probes. What? What's the details of this story? This is insanity, ladies and gentlemen. Hunter Biden had an FBI mole named One Eye who tipped off Chinese business partners that they were under investigation, according to an Israeli energy expert arrested in Cyprus. Now, this guy, uh, his last name is Luft, Dr. Gail Luft. He says that he knows all of the dirty deeds of the Hunter Biden business dealings. And because he was going to go public with them, he has now been arrested and detained for arms smuggling. And he's not allowed to say all of the things that he wished to say to Republican investigators over this. And now Republicans are seizing on it. It does. It sounds right out of a spy novel, uh, like the spy novel run by the biggest imbeciles in America. But it sounds like now the Hunter Biden saga has taken a dark turn 
Now the federal government is directly working with the Bidens to cover up these crimes. That's why there's been no prosecution. That's why there probably will be no prosecution. And it's time for us to get completely and totally awake that the entire federal law enforcement apparatus is set, dead set, on destroying you and your life if you ever once put on a MAGA hat and protecting the elites who are guilty of of literally every crime in the book. Tucker, take it away on this report. Well, as you know, if you've been following the story at all, the FBI has in, been in possession of Hunter Biden's laptop for years now, even if they, as they've arrested over a thousand and a thousand more to go, people who walked through the Capitol on January 6th. But in the case of the president's son, they've done nothing with it at all, no indictments, even though, as you also know, there is evidence of felonies on that laptop. So what is this about? Well, it's possible the FBI is working with Hunter Biden. The New York Post now reporting that Hunter Biden had an FBI mole called One Eye, and this mole tipped off Hunter Biden's Chinese business partners that they were under investigation. That is according to an Israeli energy expert who was arrested last month in Cyprus on gun running charges. And it looks like he may be innocent. So we've seen this before, and it doesn't make any sense. Right. So why would someone, if they were actually doing what they are accused of, right? So the federal government is accusing this guy, this whistleblower on the Bidens and their crimes. Uh, this man, Dr. Gail Luft, uh, who's, by the way, his entire story checks out. The FBI is ac accusing him of being some international arms dealer and terrorist, wouldn't, if you, if that was real, wouldn't you want to work with the government that is detaining you? Wouldn't you want to suck up to them? Why would he go after the Bidens? This seems antithetical to the entire story. You would go after the Bidens if they were actually just trying to shut you up. And that is exactly what Tucker Carlson uh, alluded to. Perhaps he is being arrested because the Bidens don't want him to speak out about their crimes. Ladies and gentlemen, the noose is tightening. Republicans are now in charge of Congress. They are starting to reveal bank records. And this is what's happening. Look, Tucker, it's actually bizarre. I mean, it's a, another bizarre twist on an already bizarre story about the Biden family and the cast of characters involved in their influence peddling scheme around the world. And Dr. Gal Luft is the latest one. He is an Israeli energy expert, a professor. Um, he was arrested in Cyprus, as you said, and is still in a Cyprus jail. He's uh, charged uh, apparently with gun running and Farah violations and uh, various things. Things. And he uh, claims that he is innocent and that he's only been arrested to shut him up about what he knows about the Biden family business. So this wouldn't be the first time that the Bidens have done this. They banned Kolomoisky, who is the Russian and Ukrainian oligarch, who, according to our sources, you couldn't do any business inside of Ukraine without going through this guy. This is the guy who paid Hunter Biden. This is the guy whose associates met with Joe Biden. The, the, the Bursama contract, this is the guy behind it all. And we have Joe Biden on the record in his own voice trying to shut this guy down. And as soon as Biden took control, he banned him from entering America. That's strange. Why would you do that? Unless you didn't want him to testify against you and your crime family. This same thing is happening now to Dr. Gail Luft. He's 56, ladies and gentlemen. And he was arrested, detained in Cyprus as he prepared to board a plane for Israel. He tweeted, and you can still find the social media posts, I've been arrested in Cyprus on a politically motivated extradition request by the United States. The U.S. is claiming that I'm an arms dealer. 
Wouldn't it be funny if it weren't just tragic? I've never been an arms dealer. The DOJ is trying to bury me. You can find this. It's on the internet right now. Joe, Jim, and Hunter Biden. Luft remains in a jail waiting for extradition to the United States over what he says is a trumped-up charges of arms trafficking to China and Libya, violation of the Foreign Agent Registration Act. Oh, that's curious. That's exactly what they're getting Hunter Biden on. FARA acts. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the report from Marco Polo. You can check out this incredible tweet thread by Kanoa the Great. The Biden family may have committed over two dozen federal felonies in connection with the millions they made from China, specifically FARA violations. Remember the iron law. They will accuse you of the crimes that they are guilty of. That is the iron law of the leftism and the Marxism that runs the Democrat Party. Stalin said, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Well, this is what they're doing apparently to this Gail Luft. Money laundering charges that would put the Trump family or any ordinary city citizen behind bars. For example, Hunter Biden illegally represented convicted Chinese spy Patrick Ho for $1 million, a clear violation of the Foreign Agent Registration Act. This is a clear and open violation. Subsequently laundered and illegally obtained money for James and Sarah Biden. And now we know Haley Biden, who was his dead brother's widow he was banging. Marco Polo report, we'll put it up on screen here, meticulously documents these crimes. With primary source evidence, including Patrick Coates' attorney engagement letter signed by Hunter Biden. So what's really going on here? Like, what's really happening? Well, what's happening is the absolute and total confirmation that the deep state exists and it exists to protect itself. It is a government above our government. It is laws above our laws. And those laws are very simple. Absorb as much power as possible. Operate like a crime syndicate, protect the elements of your syndicate, the people that give you ultimate and never-ending power like the Bidens, the people that will never, ever threaten you, touch your budgets, or enter your black box, protect those families, install them, and make sure that if their crimes get uncovered or committed, that you are there to cover them up. That is what happened with the FBI. The FBI was tipping off Hunter Biden and Joe Biden to all of the crimes that the FBI was investigating. Hey, you got to cover this up. Hey, delete all these text messages. Watch. And uh, he um, also talks about this FBI mole that he claims Hunter Biden used to tip off his Chinese partners that there was an FBI investigation into them. And there is some corroboration of that from the reporting that we've already done from the laptop. We know that Hunter Biden did have contacts within the FBI. Uh, we know that he used them to benefit um, at least one of his Chinese business partners, Patrick Ho. Um, and when Patrick Ho was arrested at JFK by the FBI. Hunter Biden then contacted um, his FBI contacts. And uh, we don't know what they did for him, but um, that sort of accords with this story that's coming uh, from Gal Luft. And Gal Luft worked for three years in Washington, D.C. with Hunter Biden's Chinese business partners. Uh, that checks out too. So now... The Republicans in Congress have the Biden bank records. Congress has the bank records, but it doesn't know the reason for the payments. Well, now it does, apparently. The information that the whistleblower, Dr. Luft, gave the DOJ four years ago is the missing link. So apparently this guy who knows all of the dirty deeds and knows where all the skeletons are buried, 
is the person that they are now arresting and detaining 5,000 miles off our shores. Hmm. Clearly, this is explosive stuff. And James Comer is looking into it. Of course, James Comer would know that Joe Biden is directly involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings. This bombshell story just from yesterday. Emails. Vice President Joe Biden signed off on statement to press about Hunter's bursum up positions despite claims of no involvement. Now, you've seen it before, and we'll play it for you in a second. Joe Biden saying, I've never had any involvement in my son's business dealing. What about Trump? Remember, Trump, orange man, bad. This is, of course, always the play. They will accuse you of that which they are guilty of. We'll play you the clip in just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, we have time and time again proof. It's hard, documented data that Joe Biden was directly involved, was the kingpin of the entire crime family. This is how they get mafia bosses in RICO charges. A RICO charge is a racketeering charge. They charge the muscle, the guys at the bottom, and they work their way up. Who was giving the orders? Well, it's probably the guy who's signing off on press statements. VP Joe Biden signed off on a statement about press Hunter Biden's bursum of position despite claims of no involvement. Then Vice President Joe Biden approved an official statement in December 2015 about Hunter Biden's position in a Ukrainian energy company board despite the claims he had no involvement in the family business. Emails obtained from the National Archives show. You wonder why they hid all these classified documents. You wonder why they stashed away these classified documents. Since assuming office, at least seven times Joe Biden or his communications team have outright denied or deflected questions about Biden's involvement in the family enterprise. Biden acted at all times in a manner consistent with the well-established executive ethics standards. But those denials have been proven false again and again by a new trove of emails uncovered by the National Archives by America First Legal. The new trove of emails unearthed find that Hunter Biden, who had his position directly questioned by Obama's State Department. Obama's not a hero in any of this, but if you're too corrupt for the Obama administration, you got problems. So Hunter Biden get hoovering up all this cash from Ukraine. That's the portfolio that Joe Biden was overseeing. And the Biden State Department saying, what the hell is going on here? This looks corrupt as hell. This could take all of us down. You need to stop this. And Joe Biden stood there and said, no, this is my family's opportunity to get rich. And I have dementia. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden signing off on press statements when they were asking about Hunter Biden's filthy, dirty business deals way back in 2015. Newly revealed emails from 2015 show then Vice President Biden tried to suppress a Bloomberg news story about his son Hunter at the request of Biden's now defunct investment firm. Let's bring in our panel, Fox News contributor Guy Benson, host of The Guy Benson Show on Fox News Radio and Politico congressional reporter Olivia Beavers. Great to see both of you. So this was in relation to a 2015 New York Times article questioning whether Biden's anti-corruption message on Ukraine was being compromised by Hunter Biden doing business with Burisma. Hunter's business partner, Eric Schwerin, asked then-VP Biden comms director Kate Bedingfield if any other news outlets had asked about it. Here's the exchange. Bedingfield, VP just finished an interview with the Bloomberg reporter traveling with us, and she asked about it, though she assures me she's doing everything she can to not use it. Schwerin, I would just urge her, as I know you were doing, that there is no new news there. Bettingfield, absolutely. We've had two conversations about it. She will only use if her editors hold a gun to her head. So what that is, and let me unpack that, is the Joe Biden communications team, and you know Bettingfield, she worked in Biden's White House, 
just so, so bad at her job. It does give you a little bit of faith because these people are so terrible at their jobs. And we have some cringe Jean Pierre for you later in the show. But what these people did was they essentially crafted a narrative around Hunter Biden's crimes from the VP's office. So this is what the reporting uh, shows here, that Bettingfield uh, uh, in 2015, when she was Biden's communication director, told Hunter's top financial lieutenant, a guy who has already turned and is working with the GOP now on their investigations of Joe Biden, uh, that she was approving a statement, that Joe Biden was directly approving statements about his son. This is in direct conflict, of course, with what we know about Joe Biden when he looks down the barrel of the camera and says, I knew nothing about my kids business dealings. Here you have it in black and white. You can you can see it here. There she is. Bettingfield, executive office of the vice president. That's what that email is right there. Catherine J. Bettingfield, executive office of the vice president. Dude, how many times are you going to have to see the receipts in black and white to know how corrupt and dirty these people are and how much they hate you? They hate you and they hate this country. And they were actively selling this country out to the highest bidder, and they were joyful about it, destroying your children, your grandchildren's chance at the American dream. These people are sick. And now you have the proof. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, your sins shall find you out, as the good scriptures say. Here is Joe Biden straight up admitting that this never happened. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas dealings. And so how do you know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the of presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right questions. Ask the right questions. So let me tell you, if I come home and if my wife's cooking dinner and I'm like, what's for dinner? tonight, honey. And she goes, ask the right questions. Then uh, I know that there's probably something else behind that. Okay. It's probably not really about dinner. And neither was that actually uh, about Peter Ducey or Fox News. That was about them being over the target. And how over the target were they? Well, check out this incredible piece of journalism uh, from the year 2020. Republican probe finds that Hunter Biden's Ukraine work raised concerns for Obama officials. So apparently the Obama officials inside of the State Department were flagging Biden for his open criminality. That's how bad and flagrant this family was. And how imbecilic was this? And also how depraved is this story? Well, this isn't the first time that federal agents have interceded to try and assist the Bidens in their crimes. This has not gotten enough coverage. And we try as hard as we can in our hour-long show to give you as much information as possible. But we need to bring this story up again and again and again, that the Secret Service, for some ungodly reason, we do not know why, because the Secret Service was not protecting Joe Biden or his family. You do not get Secret Service protection forever. Joe Biden was not the president. Joe Biden was the doofus muppet 
that was dragged along in a cloud of dementia and dandruff by Barack Obama. Everyone thought his career was totally and completely over once they fumbled out of the White House in 2016. There's this crazy story about the Secret Service interceding and intercepting a Hunter Biden firearm. We're going to tell you the details of that story because it, it actually is similar. It echoes this story about the FBI, where you have this federal agency that is openly subverting the rule of law and protecting the Bidens. They're like watching over them because they know this family is just so filled with cracked out jackasses and they, they need to like protect them. They're like standing over them. This is an insane story from yesterday. Now, it started with Tom Tiffany, a Republican from Wisconsin, getting a really great gotcha moment with the ATF in a hearing about pistol braces. Check it out. Wilcox, if a person lies on Form 4473 and a user and is a user of unlawful drugs, um, you can get between five to 10 years for that. Is that correct? Is that my understanding? No, I, be I believe Congress changed the uh, sentence uh, last Congress. Uh, what is that sentence now? Up to 15. Up to 15 years. Uh, why hasn't Hunter Biden been prosecuted for the crime that he committed? I'm not aware of the facts of that case and can't comment on it. Okay, who do we talk to to see why this uh, case is not being prosecuted? I mean, he said very clearly in his book that he used drugs. He had uh, gun, a gun, at least a gun. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. State your point of order. Totally irrelevant and not germane to this proceeding. Uh, he, sir, he's got his he's got his five minutes. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> I, I understand why um, you do not want Mr. Wilcox to answer that question. It's very clear why you don't want because there's a dual system of justice in America. That's what's going on right now, and everybody's talking about it across America. There's two standards of justice that are um, that are going on. So Hunter Biden lied on his federal NICS form. What's a federal NICS form? Well, if you don't buy firearms, it is the odious and embarrassingly long form that asks you everything. Your race, your gender, your sexual preferences. I don't think they've gone there just yet, but they'd be happy for you to fill them in. Everything about your background. It takes like an hour to fill it out. Then you got to send it into the FBI and then you have to wait. And that you may wait hours, you may wait days, you may wait weeks. Tell me, does that sound like a Second Amendment to you? No. But that's how the system works. It's wrong, I think. But nonetheless, you send that in. So everyone who tells you there's no background check is lying. I've purchased many firearms. And on that form, there are four or five questions about, are you a crackhead? Are you on drugs? Are you a felon? Have you been kicked out of the military? There are like four or five questions that if you answered them, in the affirmative, like, yes, I'm addicted to drugs. The FBI will go, immediate no, and you'll be banned. And the, the firearm reseller, dealer, arms dealer would be like, get out of my store. Get out. See ya. So Hunter Biden acquired a firearm, meaning that he lied on that form. He lied. Now, this tweet that we put up yesterday went viral. Let's see. We got millions of views on it. Uh, this has 20,000 retweets, uh, 66,000 likes, 1,000 quote tweets there. That thing went nuclear. Why? Well, because legal law-abiding gun owners know that they can't be on drugs when they buy guns. And more importantly, if you lie, 
to the federal government, which that little gremlin stooge there, I'm not familiar with the facts of this case. Well, that's your job, Jack Wagon. But that guy, of course, is familiar with the uh, details of this case. Hunter Biden lied on his federal form. He lied to the federal government. He should be facing 15 years in prison. Why isn't he? Well, ladies and gentlemen, come with me here to this curious case of Hunter Biden and the Secret Service protecting him. Not the first time. This FBI story of having a mole inside of the FBI, that's not the first time. This is probably one of hundreds of times where federal agents have swooped in to save the Biden family from themselves. Incredible. Where would these people be without their butt wipers and caretakers inside the feds? On October 23rd, 2018, President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, uh, who was banging his dead brother's widow, Haley, got involved in two a got involved in a bizarre incident where Haley took Hunter's gun and chucked it into the trash. Now, that trash was right next to a high school. That's not good. And by the way, if somebody inside of a high school uses the handgun that's registered to you, well, uh, guess who's going to prison? Trust me on that. You are. Huh. You ain't ever going to get out of jail like for the next couple decades if that ever happens. And it should, by the way. Responsible gun ownership we are huge fans of on this show. Delaware police began investigating concern of the trash can was across the street from a high school. The missing gun could be used in a crime, of course, could be used to, to do horrible things inside of that high school. But the curious thing happened at the time. Secret Service agents approached the owner of the store where Hunter Biden bought the gun and asked for the paperwork involving the sale, according to two people with firsthand knowledge of the episode. The gun store owner refused to supply the paperwork, suspecting that the Secret Service officers wanted to hide Hunter's ownership at the time. The owner, Ron Palmieri, later turned the paperwork over to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Explosive, uh, which oversees gun laws. The Secret Service said that there was no records of agents investigating the incident. And Joe Biden, who was not under Secret Service protection at the time, said through a spokesperson that he has no knowledge of it. Days later, the gun was returned to an, by an older gentleman who regularly rummages through grocery store trash cans to collect recyclable items. Uh, according to people familiar with the situation, the incident did not result in any charges or arrests. Of course, that is the permanent line that you can use about the Bidens here. Uh, but it remains a mystery. Why did the Secret Service, first off, why were what, Secret Service was obviously just watching? I, I mean, I'll tell you, I know what this is. Like, I know enough people in law enforcement and in the Secret Service. I lived in D.C. for 15 years. What happened here was that Joe Biden called in a favor and he said, My wayward son is in a bad way. He's addicted to crack, he has a firearm. You need to go watch him. And the Secret Service was watching him. They were trailing Hunter Biden. They saw the firearm get deposited into the trash can, and then they wanted to cover it up. This alone is a massive crime. James Comer, of course, who's investigating all of this, said so. He's like, what the hell was the Secret Service doing? New text messages found on Hunter Biden's laptop reportedly show the FBI and Secret Service got involved in an incident where Hunter's ex left his gun in a public trash can near a school, despite the agency claiming it was not involved. Now, one agent said it's kind of odd that we were involving the missing gun investigation when neither Hunter or Joe were even receiving Secret Service protection at that time. And another responding, maybe we were asked for a favor. What are they talking about? What do you mean a favor? This is a big question because the Secret Service has come back into play now because of the mishandling of the classified documents. And we believe the Secret Service has records of who all was in and out of uh, the house. 
where Joe Biden mishandled those classified documents, especially Hunter Biden. He either lived there or spent a whole lot of time there. But with respect to that text, there are numerous instances where the Secret Service came and tried to bail Hunter out when he was in a jam, uh, when he was in California and, and getting in all kinds of trouble, getting kicked out of a, a very exclusive hotel there. The Secret Service showed up to try to uh, see if there was some way they could get him back to Delaware, to, to his family, to, to protect him. And then with this gun application, uh, there's reports that the Secret Service went and visited the, the gun dealer uh, and, and wanted a copy of the application. And I don't believe the gun dealer gave the Secret Service a copy of that application. Ladies and gentlemen, we're proud to announce that James Comer will be coming back on the show to fill us in on his investigations along with Jim Jordan. This show, we have Alina Haba, who's Donald Trump's personal attorney, and she'll be joining us momentarily to talk about Donald Trump's case in New York. But nonetheless, it stands to reason that if you are inside of the federal government and you are protecting the Biden family, that on its face automatically confirms that there is a deep state that protects itself, a government above the government, laws above the laws, and that establishes essentially its own super government that is outside of the hands of the people. This is what Donald Trump talks about when he talks about the deep state. It is evil. This is what Ike Eisenhower said when he became president. When he's departing the office, he said there's something really, really wrong going on inside of our military industrial complex. There's something evil. There's something demonic. There's something unnatural about it. There is something that is outside of the reins of what our country was supposed to have established, which is controlled completely and totally by the people. That is why it says we the people. That is why Congress is Article One of the Constitution. This is also why, well, JFK got a bullet in the back of the head because he started to cut down these budgets and because he started to really question where this money was coming from. Same thing happened with Nixon. They were able to execute on that, and we're all aware of what they did to Donald Trump. Donald Trump got his first term robbed from him with fake, ladies and gentlemen, investigations into frauds. We all knew about it, and it was orchestrated completely. Why do you think Barack Obama is standing there on the Capitol steps grinning while he's being sent off by Donald Trump? That's why. Because they knew. They had planted the incendiaries inside of the deep state, and they were going to take down Trump. Chuck Schumer. <laughs> on the day of Donald Trump's inauguration, goes on MSNBC and goes, you better not mess with the deep state. They have seven ways of Sunday to get back at you. There are laws for elites, and there are laws for you. We do live inside of two Americas, and that is no better demonstrated by, one, these stories of the FBI protecting the Bidens, the Secret Service protecting the Bidens when they had no Secret Service protection. You paid for it, by the way. And two, Joe Biden passing crack laws that apply to every young black man in America, but not his white crackhead kid. Here's Joe Biden from back in the 90s bragging about his crack laws. Watch. If you have a piece of crack cocaine no bigger than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand, one quarter of one dollar, we passed a law through the leadership of Senator Thurman and myself and others, a law that says if you're caught with that, you go to jail for five years. You get no probation. You get nothing other than five years in jail. Judge doesn't have a choice. Now, the fact of the matter is, we've gone from... Judge doesn't have a choice. Five years in jail. I don't know why Joe Biden does that. Five years in jail. Judge don't have a choice. 
I'm going to play for you a little piece of media. It's very hard to – we'd get all of our social media accounts deleted, all of them, even Rumble, if we were to play you what other videos exist on Hunter Biden's laptop. But we were able to find one without uh, open prostitution, sex trafficking, or nudity. Uh, but it did involve uh, a lot of crack. Now, let me ask you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching this show, watch very, very carefully this next video I'm about to play for you. Do you believe – that there is more than a quarter's worth of crack. Remember, Joe Biden held up that little quarter. He says, if you have more crack than this, five years in jail. Judges don't have a choice. You know, that law still is on the books. Joe Biden's very proud of it. Here's Joe Biden's son weighing his crack. Now, watch and see, is there more than a quarter's worth of crack in this clip? Go. 2.07. Without the bag. 2.07. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, yeah, that is a lot of crack cocaine. That locked up a lot of young black guys, okay? A lot of people got their lives ruined by Joe Biden. A lot of corn pop, a lot of corn pops out there got their lives ruined by old Joe because of crack laws. But here's, I just played it for you. <laughs> the literal black and white, not black and white, it's in living color evidence of Hunter Biden breaking his dad's crack law. And what happened to him? Well, he's free today. He's at the Easter egg roll. He's at the White House Christmas party. He's wearing a tuxedo, flying on Air Force One. What the hell's happening? What's going on? It's important for us to understand that there are different rules for those who are elites and those who are in power and those who are subservient to the demonic deep state. There are different laws, different rules for them. That's why Bill Clinton is able to walk freely. That's why everyone on Epstein's client list are able to walk freely. That's why Hillary Clinton is able to walk freely today. That's why Barack Obama is able to walk freely today, along with a bunch of other unnamed criminals. That's why Bill Gates is able to walk freely today. There are people who are criminals, and they are held to different standards because they serve these people's satanic god. And that satanic god is a hedonistic god. It is the god of this world. It is the power that they can give themselves through their own corruption. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why the federal government uh, deserves a shellacking. The federal government deserves to be broken up. And if we were to have a righteous nation once more, uh, we, we got we to break up D.C. We got to break up D.C. So Schedule F, I believe, is what Donald Trump is suggesting. The firing of tens of thousands of federal workers on day one. The entire elimination of federal agencies. God Help us. Thomas Massey just introduced the just, uh, the a, a bill to get rid of the Department of Education. Good. I would call that a good start. Maybe we should get rid of also the Federal Reserve. Just a thought, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have Rand Paul on to talk about it. If we got rid of the Federal Reserve, well, maybe we could go back to a gold standard. I don't know how that would be possible. Maybe we could have our money actually backed up by something. Right now, our money is a fiat currency, and China and Russia are colluding in order to collapse the petrol dollar. So uh, that's why we are very, very concerned about the future of the dollar, along with the implementation of the digital dollar. Uh, we're a little bit bothered about all of this. That's why I personally diversify into precious metals. Ladies and gentlemen, I use my friends at Allegiance Gold to do this. Allegiance Gold has the highest rating in the industry, an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau, and they can deliver gold right to your doorstep. Gold is the only thing that holds its value against the infinitesimally small IQ of the federal government. Do you feel like you're being led by competent individuals who want to protect your earnings or want to absolutely turn you into chained up chattel? Eliminate all value from what you have worked for and push you into the pod. 
make you eat the bugs. That's what these people want to do. And your own personal wealth is the one thing standing against them, along with the Second Amendment. So, ladies and gentlemen, gold and silver is what I trust to diversify in my portfolio. I have physical gold and silver, and it protects me from the government and their stupidity. Protect yourself today. Right now, get $5,000 in free silver with a qualifying investment when you visit protectwithbenny.com or call 844-66-BENNY, protectwithbenny.com. So the district attorney in Manhattan should be considering protecting himself. Uh, he is really not having a good week. The embattled DA Alvin Bragg slammed Trump for creating a false expectation of arrest, prompting Republicans to try and interfere in his investigation. Oh my heavens. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what is this Republican interference in an investigation? Well, it's Congress saying uh, federal elections are a federal issue. We oversee them. And if you are going to try and arrest the leading member of a party who is running for president on specious charges that are not just totally made up, but completely violate law, and we're going to get to that in just one second, well, then that is something that we need to investigate. And Jim Jordan has said just that. Look, they use federal dollars in the DA's office. They're they're interfering, obviously, in a federal election. Alvin Bragg changed his mind once Donald Trump announced he was running. Maybe more importantly, when all the polls show he's leading in every single race, every single poll. So uh, why did he change his mind? I think the only intervening event is the fact President Trump announced. And oh, maybe it's also his two assistants, Mr. Pomerantz and Mr. Dunn, who resigned, pitched a fit, got the left all fired up. And now Alvin Bragg suddenly changed his tune. So uh, we'd like to know because this has federal implications. This has congressional implications. This has national implications because they're interfering in the most important election we have, election for president of the United States. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you had Tom Fitton on the show yesterday arguing, why don't Republican district attorneys start charging the Bidens? That's a really great question. To paraphrase the Joker, your balls fall off? What happened to you people? Somebody whose balls definitely didn't fall off, Tucker Carlson, covered this last night, along with Stephen Miller, friend of the show, who was the architect of so much of Donald Trump's good policies. While he was in the White House, there were some bad policies. What can you do? No one's perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Miller was making a great point that I actually hadn't thought of because I don't do campaign finance law. Now, the nuisance nuance of this is essentially uh, – it goes like this. Donald Trump – supposedly paid off Stormy Daniels. We know that's to be false. We know that is utterly and completely false based on sworn testimony and letters to the FEC that we brought you yesterday. So we know that's untrue, okay? And Donald Trump's attorney, Alina Haba, is going to join the show in just a moment and talk us through the realities of the case. But we know that that's untrue, and we know that both of these people have denied that anything happened. We know that Stormy Daniels lost in court against Donald Trump and that her lawyer went to jail for 14 years, Michael Avenatti. So this is a totally disgraced, debunked case that the feds didn't bring, that the DOJ didn't bring, that the FEC didn't bring, that the state of New York didn't bring. And so it falls to Fat Alvin and the chipmunks here in the lower part of Manhattan to try and spin a record about this. This is the crux of the case. The crux of the case is that that payment constitutes a campaign expenditure. And that it must constitute a campaign expenditure because it helped Donald Trump. What Stephen Miller talked about last night, which is so important and so good, is that what that does is rewrite all of campaign law, which is that personal expenditures can never be campaign expenditures. Now, when we started talking about this case, we told you 
yo, uh, this is a big deal because you have to separate this cash. That is the one absolute ironclad rule. You cannot use, you cannot go, for instance, use campaign dollars to go buy yourself a Corvette. Everyone knows this. Your personal expenses are separate from your campaign expenses. What the DA is literally doing here is arguing the opposite. And Stephen Miller laid it out beautifully last night. Go. The radical left prosecutor Alvin Bragg in Manhattan is having a struggle, which frankly is unheard of, getting his grand jury across the finish line to achieve the indictment that he's been determined to achieve and that the progressive power structures in this country have been trying to achieve now for seven years. We know that there's been explosive revelations recently, documents that have come out, including a letter from Michael Cohen disavowing and denying all the things that he's now testified to. But let's remember, at the heart of this lie of a case is a monstrous perversion of federal law by the imperial prosecutor in Manhattan. Now, I've worked in Washington for many years, and they drill one thing into your head over and over and over again. Thou shalt not use campaign funds for a personal, private, familiar, or business matter. You shall not. It is the red line in Washington. The imperial prosecutor, and I don't think enough people appreciate this, in Manhattan, his whole case is that Donald Trump was obligated under federal law to use campaign funds to settle a private dispute, turning all of campaign law for 300 million Americans and their whole political system on its head. It is such a brazen perversion, violation, subversion of federal law. It's astonishing it's been allowed to go on this far, particularly because a local DA in Manhattan who won his primary with 80,000 votes does not have authority to rewrite federal election law for the entire United States of America. And now he's saying he's even going to defy the subpoena from Jim Jordan, James Comer, and Brian Stile, three committee chairmen in Congress. So that is saying it better than I ever could. Stephen Miller, very high IQ individual, but making such an incredible point there in such a case that is a slam dunk for Donald Trump, because if this were to ever go to any type of federal appellate court or any type of federal judiciary, they would say that. Now, Stephen Miller is in charge of America First Legal. It's his job to know the ins and outs of these laws, but he makes such a great point that this guy, Alvin Bragg, super low IQ, is rewriting all of federal law, all federal campaign finance law, like turning the entire system on his head. Again, we've brought this to you time and time again. Bill Clinton violated this law. Hillary Clinton violated this law. Barack Obama violated this law. They all had to pay millions of dollars total for violating these law, these laws. Barack Obama with mislabeling his donors or not claiming his donors, Hillary Clinton with funding the Steele dossier, Bill Clinton paid off Paula Jones nearly a million dollars while he was president uh, because he and Paula Jones, uh, 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 he cheated on Hillary with Paula Jones and she called him out on it. Dude, we really, really have a great moral moral compass here in this in this country. And the Democrat Party has a really solid moral compass. We, we have the best, we really have the best leaders here. This is... Absolutely an ironclad case against this district attorney and far left wing liberals like Alan Dershowitz are arguing that Dershowitz says that Alan Bragg has created a crime that does not exist to perp walk Trump. Harvard Law School professor emeritus Alan Dershowitz, the author of Get Trump, the threat against civil liberties, due process and our constitutional law, said on Sirius XM Breitbart News, uh, 
that they are creating crimes. Alvin Bragg knows he is not pursuing righteous prosecution, Dershowitz stated. Dershowitz speculated that a televised perp walk of Trump would amount to a political boon for Bragg's reelection campaign. He knows that he will probably lose in the end, but it doesn't matter. Get the perp walk, get on TV to get reelected. We've played you the clip of the screaming lib so many different times. We've played you the clip of Morning Joe, <sighs> mouth breathing, ASMR, <sighs> the walls are closing in. These people have committed Munchausen by proxy on their base. They have harmed their base. They have committed a act of abuse against these already mentally disturbed individuals. That's what's going on here. They are once more tricking their base, telling them the same lie they told them for seven years. He added, Dershowitz added, what Bragg has done is to rummage through every conceivable statute and regu regulation and creatively try to mesh a New York misdemeanor statute with a federal felony statute to create a whole cloth crime that does not exist and plus one that equals 11. Dershowitz considered an indictment and conviction of Trump possible but saying that it would never stand up. So the indictment is not, of course, the same as the conviction. Why Alvin Bragg's case against Trump is falling apart. So why is Alvin Bragg's case falling apart, according to Jonathan Turley? Uh, Jonathan Turley is our favorite, by the way, political commentator uh, on Fox News. It appears that the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg will go another week in a legal effort to locate the nation on Kalisa on a map. So I don't really understand that reference, but this is Jonathan Turley writing and he's smarter than me. So maybe smart people will get in the audience. Recently, the mayor, Ross Barca of the city of Newark, held a formal ceremony signing on the partnership with the nation of Kalisa. OK, got it. It's the fake African nation. After all the fanfare, pomp and circumstances, the small problem alerts. Kalisa does not exist. Despite similar widespread doubts over the existence of a viable crime, Alvin Bragg continues his quest to legalize Kalisa, a fake African nation. While the indictment was expected this week, a grand jury looking into former President Trump will go another week amid reports of opposition in the grand jury over what they viewed as a weak case. The problem is that Bragg has long been searching for a crime in a criminal code to fulfill his pitch during a campaign promise that was made to his voters that he was going to bag Trump. The falsification of business records in reference to $130,000 payment to a porn star uh, might have been a possibility, but it lacks two things. The misdemeanor has been brushed off by federal authorities and everyone who has looked into this case, including Biden's DOJ, including the FEC itself. And also, they have essentially had to create a federal felony from a misdemeanor. So the guy who is releasing rapists and murderers onto the street of New York that has turned New York into essentially Gotham City is now going after Trump for what amounts to a parking ticket and trying to put him in jail for that and trying to perp walk him, allegedly himself. That's what the reporting says, that, Al that, that Alvin Bragg wants to do this himself. He wants the photo of him doing it. And maybe Donald Trump, according to reports, wants to be handcuffed. According to the New York Post, Donald Trump is wanting that photo in handcuffs. He thinks that it will provide a boon for his reelection. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump's attorney might be able to answer all of these questions for us. Joined by the show right now, the great Alina Haba, attorney for Donald J. Trump. Oh, wonderful. We are glad to have you back. Thank you so much for joining the program. Thanks Alina, for having me. 
Always wonderful. You are very, very busy right now. And I can speak <laughs> just a little. Me. All of the legal textbooks behind you, we know that you've read every single one of them. And so uh, we are sure that that will apply to this case, which seems like the greatest political persecution potentially in American history. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. It's political persecution, but it's just a political ploy. There's nothing to this, right? So he's going to bring down an indictment, which I'm not even so sure he can anymore. From what I'm hearing, the grand jury's waking up. They're seeing that they may not have been told all the truth. Um, and uh, we heard, you know, Bob go on, uh, Tucker on Monday, who used to be Michael Cohen's attorney, and say that they had 200 pages of emails that he su- provided them. The prosecutor showed the grand jury 12 pages of those 200 pages out of order, out of sequence. And he, Robert Costello, had to actively try and correct the grand jury so that they understood that they were not getting a full picture. After that, we know that the grand jury got canceled on Tuesday, got canceled on Wednesday. So I'm not so sure. People are not dumb and people don't like being lied to. So I think the prosecutors got a real big hill up up against them. And I'll tell you right now, Alvin Bragg wants to handcuff President Trump and walk him down. Good luck. Well, I'll see you in 24 in the White House. Yeah. Do you, I mean, it looks like Alan Bragg might be the guy getting handcuffs here if the Congress gets a chance to actually investigate, because they're saying that you're, what you're doing is interfering in a federal election. Do you see it like this? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you don't have a crime and when you have two other, and you mentioned this before, before we had federal prosecutors look at it, there was no crime. That is a federal level crime. He, This is a federal issue. It's campaign finance. Then you have the FEC who regulates campaign finance. Take a look at it. They say there is no campaign finance violation. Now, as of Tuesday, you were awesome and posted that letter that we saw from attorneys that represented Michael Cohen, which said that Michael Cohen himself said that Donald Trump had nothing to do with it. The campaign had nothing to do with it and that he took out a loan himself to to pay off Stormy Daniels, who was basically extorting Donald Trump, saying that she had a fake affair, which she admitted she never had in 2018. And uh, somehow he he's now getting arrested by a state level uh, political woke figure who basically needs to pay more attention to the crime on the streets and the people being killed. Now, there is a tweet that surfaced yesterday from Alvin Bragg's wife where mm-hmm. he promised to arrest Donald Trump and he's bragging about resurfacing this zombie case, as it's called. Uh, yeah. What's your take on this? I mean, is this exculpatory? It really does seem as though yeah. this case is imploding uh, as, as it pertains to any any jury, even inside of dark blue leftist Manhattan. If they're saying no to this, then what does that mean? Benny, who does this sound like? Who does this sound like? No one is above the law. I'm going to go into that office and I'm going to take down Donald Trump. Honey, you weren't even in the office. We've got a problem in New York. we got a serious problem in New York. we got a problem with DAs. we got a problem with corrupt AGs. And we got a problem with Trump derangement syndrome. I'm going to put a picture of all these people's faces and tell them, hey, one after another, you need to go in front of Congress and I want you to answer questions. I want to see your emails and I want to see how many reporters are you talking to and leaking to? It's just not the way it goes. It's crazy. So I would like to pin down sort of this grand jury here because the grand jury process is different than I think a lot of people understand. Uh, and the process uh, for rules with the grand jury are, you know, it, it's different than a trial jury. And so mm-hmm. you're saying that even inside of New York, you're you don't believe that they are going to indict given the evidence. Do you believe that prosecutorial uh, indiscretion has happened here? Do you believe that they've been lied to and robbed of the actual evidence uh, that is exculpatory against Donald Trump? 100%. Donald Trump? 
I think we have we have factual basis for that now, right? Because Rob Costello went in and spoke about his grand jury testimony, which, as you know, grand juries are private, right? I'm not a criminal attorney, but I can tell you this. Grand juries are private. You are supposed to go in. You are supposed to be provided all the evidence, and you are supposed to make a judgment call. When we know that prosecutors are giving them part and parcel so that they can lead the grand jury to an indictment, that is in, inappropriate. There's exculpatory evidence. We have evidence of, of the letter we have from Michael Cohen's attorney. We have his wife's, which has since been removed. Don't forget, she removed it and shut it down. We have her her tweet. There it is. Um, it's it's sad day. And I, look, the reality is people like you and people in the public are starting to hear it because of people like you. So thank you. Do you, I mean, so you have uh, Jamila Ponton Bragg, that is Alvin Bragg's wife, retweeting a, port, a report Finally, a bit of good news. Manhattan DA criminal case against Donald Trump. Finally, a bit of good news. Do you believe that Alvin Bragg? Do you believe that Alvin Bragg will get disbarred for this? I mean, he is a laughingstock, according to our sources in uh, New York law enforcement. That people yeah. are really quite embarrassed by this case, and it's turning a lot of heat up on the office. Yeah, it should. It should. Um, you know, it, we've seen so much of this. And I, I would just say to people, the best thing you can do is, you know, go to the bar, go to the ethics committee when there's real um, issues happening. In, in, and, and I take my oath of office very seriously. I put my hand up and I said that the law comes first, the Constitution comes first, and I believe in democracy in America. And it doesn't matter if I'm pro-Trump or anti-Trump or, or anti-Biden. If I went in and I had to defend Biden tomorrow, I would do it and I would do so ethically. And I think that there's a lack of that demeanor and a lack of that kind of uh, pride in my profession right now and in people on the top, it's disgusting. So I hope he deals with the ethics that he should be dealing with because there is no question that a state level DA has no business bringing a fake charge against the leading candidate of the Republican Party. Yeah. And overturning all overturning all campaign law, overturning yeah. all campaign norms as yeah. it pertains to the FEC. I mean, I just this thing will just evaporate if it hits a federal court. But uh, where do we see this going? So they've delayed, delayed, delayed. That's never a good sign. Delay, delay, delay. This was going to happen on Tuesday. Now it's not going to happen until next week or maybe never. W where do we see the future going here? Right. And I want to address that because a lot of people think, you know, maybe President Trump said that, made it up for publicity. There is nobody that wants to have publicity about them being arrested. I don't care who you are or, or, or what you are, unless you're a sick person, no one wants to get cuffed and brought into a DA. Let's just rest our case on that. So we heard that. And what happened was once the press heard it, which was not part of their master plan because Donald Trump got ahead of it, they started to pull back. So what do I think is going to happen? I think they better think long and hard if they bring an indictment. If they bring an indictment, quite honestly, Benny, I'm not so concerned. They're going to have their moment. It's going to cause a lot of people to be upset, but we're going to win a trial. He has got an amazing criminal team. This is a BS claim. Uh, we all know that. So, you know, he's not going to prison and none of that is happening. And Alvin Bragg will go down as the biggest embarrassment in the DA. Yeah, and hopefully disbarred. Uh, just because I've seen so many reports on it, I, I really want to ask, this, is there going to be a digital, like, it, have you set up, have you heard anything about a digital arraignment? Will Trump, no. like, we're seeing reports that Trump, like, wants, that, like, wants the photo because it would help him. Can you, can you, like, shed, shed yeah. some light on this? Yeah, the only light I can shed is uh, what I've heard through the grapevine, which is that they are actually insisting that there not be a digital. So hmm. tells you everything. Hmm. That's what I'm hearing. But, you know, again, you'd have to talk to the DA's office or wait until they leak to The New York Times.
<laughs> uh, Donald Trump, we pulled up the footage of Donald Trump at the New York police station, at the fire station, getting mobbed, getting asked by officers, so when you running again, we love you. Like seeing seeing Donald Trump posing, smiling with a thousand NYPD officers. Are any of these people going to fingerprint Trump? They have to. You have to do your job. And if yeah. that's what they're, they're required to do, you know what? I respect the police and I respect law enforcement. And when they have to do it, whether they like to or not, they do their job. Again, something Alvin Bragg needs to learn. You do your job. You don't do what you politically want to do. You don't do any of that. You do your job. That's it. Mm -hmm. So they'll do their job. And you know what? He will cooperate if that comes to that. I just before we go, I wanted to give you an opportunity to comment on the literal witch hunt uh, that is happening in Georgia uh, and then also on the special counsel in Washington, D.C. with Jack Smith. Uh, we talked about this last time, but they really gave you such a layup here by putting an actual witch in charge of the witch hunt in Georgia. I mean, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not his attorney in Georgia. I got my own problems in New York. Um, yeah, I think it's the same thing. You know, we had the benefit of that wonderful forewoman that we got to talk about, the, the witchcraft lady. I don't know where she is or if she's created her Donald Trump doll that she's stabbing currently, but I'm sure she's sharing it with that corrupt DA. We have so much corruption, Benny, honestly, between the DA, between the dual standards of justice that we're seeing with the boxes hoax. Um, this is no different than the Russia hoax, which, as you know, I, I was happy to bring that lawsuit against Hillary Clinton and the FBI. And and unfortunately, I got I got punished for bringing it. And it is what it is. You know, it, this is the world that we're living in. The one thing I can just say on all of these witch hunts um, with all of these characters is we are in a circus, but a circus is just a show. When you go into court, you have to have proof. And these people have not yet after years now been able to bring him to court with any sort of real proof. And honestly, if they do, I hope I'm an attorney on those because I'd be happy to to take them on. It, it's it's really a joke. It's a political ploy. We have a lot of Trump fans in the audience. Can you give us a final sort of overview of his mood right now? How is he yeah. personally approaching this? What is he telling you to do? So on. Yeah, uh, I was with him last evening. He was playing music at Mar-a-Lago, enjoying himself and living his best life because this is his best life. It's been since 20. 15 and 16, as you know, he walked down that gold escalator. He left all his peace behind him. But I will say one thing that I think will tell your viewers who he is. Before he started dinner last night, he stood up and he played that January 6th orchestra song. And we stood up and we said the national anthem. And we all stood there with our hands over our hearts. And we prayed for this country. We were there with families of January 6th, um, people that have been falsely imprisoned. And they were crying over at a table over there. And you know what, that man, he stood up, he shook their hands, he gave them hugs, and he just keeps on fighting. And that is why I'll see you in the White House in 24. He's gonna be there and uh, I'm gonna be happy to visit. I mean, I think that's a little bit of news. I haven't seen that anywhere. So Donald Trump was hosting January 6th families, political prisoners last night. You know what, he doesn't do it for optics. He does it for some of these people. They're not prisoners, they're family members of people that have been falsely imprisoned that happened to be there. And he took the time to get up and one woman was crying. You know, you don't you don't understand this man. He's got such a big heart and that passion and that anger that you sometimes see come out is because he has such a big heart and such a love for this country. If you don't love something, you don't get angry. But he loves this country and he's watching it go to hell. And it's incredibly infuriating. But he's in good spirits and, and he's a tough cookie. 
I mean, you know, billionaire, Hollywood star, real estate mogul, president. Now you have to add um, you have to add number one, uh, number one billboard recording artist. Yeah, she's like, they're going to really they're going to hate that. But Donald Trump has the number one song on Billboard last week. <laughs> I told that you that. Broke... I go, Sir, you're Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> he does love Elvis and James Brown, man. We've been there for Donald Trump playing music. He's a great DJ. Uh, Thank you, Alina Haba, so much for this uh, important update and uh, Godspeed. Thank you, Benny. Good to see you. Ooh, man, you know, we have actually listened to Donald Trump spin the records, play DJ, and uh, guy's got great taste in music. That'll uplift your spirits listening to that. Do those people seem scared? Does Donald Trump's attorney seem scared? Does it sound like Donald Trump's scared? He's at the White House entertaining January 6th families, playing music for them, playing uh, clips of his hit song, number one song for them, Donald Trump, uh, with the January 6th choir. It's chilling. We did an entire video on it. Ladies and gentlemen, you should go and watch it. Uh, and you should go download the song because the proceeds go and help uh, political prisoners inside of our country. Well, there are people who wish to destroy the deep state, who wish to destroy the agencies that have failed America. And we want to leave you, of course, with some very, very good and positive news. It's Friday after all. Uh, we always try and white pill people on this show. We do not want to depress you or bring uh, you down. We want to uplift you. That is our job here. So let's begin with some uplifting news. Rand Paul and Chip Roy introduced legislation to eliminate Dr. Fauci's agency. Hell to the yes. The agency that Dr. Fauci has led for decades, NAID, National Allergy, whatever, uh, is now potentially formally going to be eliminated. Rand Paul and Chip Roy have introduced uh, accompanying legislation to both chambers Thursday that would eliminate the National Institutes for Allergy and Infectious Disease, the agency that Anthony, Anthony Fauci directed from 1984. The legislation, NH, NIH reform, would ultimately eliminate NAID and turn it into three separate national research institutes. So that's what you must do. You have to actually break these organizations up. They, they consolidate power. You have to break it up. That's how what you do with Marxism. With Marxists, you break them down, you destroy them. Okay, that's what you have to do with the FBI. That's what you have to do with the CIA. That's what you have to do with our Defense Department. You need to break these systems up. They are too big. They are top heavy. They are turning over. They are now been perverted. And it looks like they might be able to actually get a vote on this. Hey, look at that. The Daily Caller, who obtained the legislation's text of the Senate bill, uh, already has a bunch of supporters: Mike Lee, Blackburn. Braun, Hawley, they're all co-sponsors. Paul told the Daily Caller, we've learned a lot over the past few years, but no one lesson in particular is that no one person should be deemed director in chief. No one person should have the unilateral authority to make decisions for millions of Americans to ensure that uh, uh, ineffective and unscientific lockdowns and mandates are never foisted on the American people ever again. I've introduced a bill to eliminate Dr. Fauci's previous position. Good for him. Man, absolutely beautiful for him. So some other pieces of good news. Hillary Clinton is getting completely and utterly destroyed. I know that just sounds like uh, any day of the week that ends in Y, but it is really hilarious now. Hillary Clinton's promo for Columbia foreign policy course has been mercilessly mocked. Hillary Clinton's video gag about her new teaching gig at Columbia University bombed online where critics slammed the school, mocked the former Secretary of State's enthusiasm, and called her a warmonger. Oh, man. The... Uh, Clinton lame pun game is pretty desperate here. Have a watch. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is our nuclear cringe for the day. Hillary Clinton in her 
newest failure with the American people. Oh my God. What is it? It's Hillary Clinton. She's running. What? What? Hillary's running again? I know. I heard that's so crazy. This is wild. She's running again. Here I am. Hillary, you're running again. Well, I sure am, Karen. I just got here early for the new class we're teaching together on foreign policy decision-making. Classes don't start until September. Yeah, but I wanted to be prepared, Karen. You know, when it comes to crisis situations, you've always got to be prepared. Prepared? I think you're more prepared than anyone to teach this course. Now, what are we going to call it? Inside the Situation Room. Yes. And I'll cover the theory of political decision-making and strategy. Mm -hmm. And I'll cover what it was actually like in the room during the bin Laden raid, the Iran sanctions, the Gaza ceasefire, you name it. Okay, but are you ready for whatever questions the students throw at you? <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, Karen, I've got to run. Oh, my God. Make it stop. I was this. I was like during the entire thing, I'm like screaming at Rolls Royce. I'm like, please make it stop. Make it stop. I need a cleanse. I need a water cleanse. I need a water cleanse for my eye. Okay, let's put water directly into my eyeball. I need a water cleanse. You know, lucky for us, Greg Gutfeld, who has the number one rated late night show because he's actually funny and he actually makes fun of people like Hillary in those cringeworthy performances, uh, remixed that video and made it much more accurate. Watch. What is it? It's Hillary Clinton. She's running. What? What? Hillary's running again? That old bag who destroyed Libya? This is wild. She's running again. What? Isn't that the lady that killed Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> Here I am. Hillary, you're running again. Boom roasted. Boom roasted. Also, speaking of boom roasted, it's always fun when mommy and daddy are fighting. Biden is irked by Kamala Harris not rising to the occasion or taking anything off his plate. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of someone who needs stuff taken off his plate, have you ever seen photos of Alvin Bragg? Two former White House officials say President Biden is frustrated with Kamala Harris's performance, even if he remains committed to keeping her as running mate in 2024. Why haven't they announced? This is a good question. Why haven't they announced? The presidential election is 18 months from now. Why haven't they announced? Something's going on here. The 80-year-old Biden has gone out of his way to praise Kamala Harris in recent remarks, but has griped behind the scenes about his number two. A point of tension in their relationship is that I don't think that the president sees her as anybody who takes anything off his plate. Due to the fear of messing up. Oh, man. So Biden is worried about Kamala Harris messing up. Oh, OK. Got it. The guy who yesterday, like, ate a baby at the White House. Like, ate a baby. OK? Better than people. Biden hugs baby at White House, scrambles to clean up latest gaffe. Here's Joe Biden saying that babies are better than people. Huh? That's all right. We like babies. You don't have to worry about it. So it's OK. It's all right. In fact, I like babies better than people. Get the hell away from that man.
Get your child, your children away from that man. He has an ankle monitor that's supposed to keep him away from kids. Do not let that man touch your baby. There are too many videos that show what Joe Biden does uh, when he touches these little kids. Don't allow it to happen, please. Please, God. Uh, so a fresh and wonderful new edition of Joe Biden versus the teleprompter is here, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden tried to say words yesterday and it didn't work out. So in our ongoing segment of Joe Biden versus the English language, here's your latest. Like the most significant gun safety law in 30 years to help keep guns out of the hands of Help keep guns out of the hands of domestic political advisors. So I'm going to go home this weekend. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to focus on what is truly meaningful, which is my time with my children and my family and raising them and being a father to them. That's what's going to be valuable for me. And I will also go home with the confidence that my two-year-old speaks far better English than Joe Biden does. I also have a 10-month-old, and she, I think, says like three words, and she'd probably be on par with reading a teleprompter from Joe Biden. I'm also going to focus on my faith. I'm going to focus on the actual truth. I'm going to focus on reality, which is that we are victorious. These people are not actually in charge. God is in charge, and that's why we always, always end the show with a Bible verse. This Bible verse today, verse of the day from Peter, 1 Peter, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not know, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Sometimes the times are dark. Sometimes you don't actually see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's okay. That happened with your ancestors as well. They went through dark times. I promise you that. The histories of the people of the world is a lot of darkness because we live inside of a sunken place. Sometimes you won't see the light. That's okay. You have faith. That's what faith is all about. That's what belief is all about. And when you watch people with inexpressible joy, when you see the people standing in the face of all manner of evil and they are able to face it with a smile on their face and the confidence that you can do whatever you want here on earth. This is a sunken place, but we have our glories in heaven and we have the truth and we have the victory. And that's where our confidence comes from. So don't ever forget your confidence. Don't ever forget to organize your life correctly. God, family, country. Go into the weekend with that as your priorities, and you will lead a happy and joyous life. And you know what? That's the thing that pisses them off the most. Have you ever met a happy leftist? No, they don't exist. These people are not joyful. These people are not happy. These people have really nothing to be happy about. They have lives of absolute sadness. Don't let that be you. Do not let the darkness overtake you. Be upstanding and walk in the light. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you online this weekend, obviously. We'll see you back live on Monday. It's your boy, Benny. This is The Benny Show. See ya.